0: hey linda can you hear me
1: yeah i can hear you,
0: you nice might... perfect all right cool so um ladies and gents welcome to md podcast and um before i get started i just want to say thanks to everybody who's been tuning in from season one all the way through season nine and by the time you guys hear this this will be season nine episode 11 and you know um <clears throat> when i first dedicated the show to my peoples it was really meant for for it to be hip-hop commentary but also highlight my um my workers who works in the social social work field mental health field and for those who are working with the youth and i really think that this next guest right here is a very important uh guest and i want to give shouts to kingsley manasa for uh, being the plug to make this happen um we got a war going on right now in the middle east and there's a lot of innocent lives being lost um and there's also a lot of children innocent children being killed right now and this next guest right here is a geographer and she's an educator and she's also an expert on um palestine palestinian and israel border uh, israel borders and um without no further ado we got miss dr Doct- uh, dr linda kiki did i say it correct <laughs>
1: almost yeah thank you kiki the x at K- the end is a sh sound
0: TKV, I'm sorry about that. How are no you? No
1: worries. It's good. Yeah, well, thank you for, for having me here. And yeah, shout out to Kingsley for connecting us. Um, Kingsley and I and a lot of us in Oxnard, uh, the 805 in, on Chumash lands, who grew up together. We've been talking a lot about the world in the last several years, studying, reading. And one of the things that we talk about and we've talked about before several times is Palestine and it's usually when it comes up in the news. So in 2018, uh, Palestine was in the news a lot with the March of Return where people from Gaza broke out of prison Um, and I'll explain why I say that word prison. They broke out of prison and tried to go back to their lands and were getting shot at. And so our community in Oxnard was wondering what was going on. And I had lived in Palestine. I lived in 2010 and 2011 for a year while I was doing the research on the borders of Palestine, which I became interested in because they didn't make sense like the US-Mexico border and the Guatemala-Mexico border. To me, it didn't make sense. My family crossed from Guatemala to Mexico and into the United States. They crossed two borders to come here to now Chumash lands where I would be born. Fleeing death and destruction and civil war in Guatemala, a lot of it having to do with fights fights over land. There's still a lot of land theft happening There, there's still a lot of Native American communities resisting that land theft and Guatemala has a majority of its citizens are Native American Mayan from the Maya. Ancient Maya civilization is also modern, modern ways of being.
0: Yes. Linda, can you hear me? I can. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. So before we get further, right, so I asked all my guests. So Linda, where were you born and raised?
1: I was born and raised on Chumash lands.
0: Okay. And that is, where is that in the, for, for those listening in Southern Cali?
1: And if you're in Southern California, more precisely, you understand it as mi oxnard area in the area code 805 so we also call it the 805 sometimes we call it the ox sometimes the Nard sometimes no Wymi and oxnard oxnimi
0: no doubt no doubt so the Chumat, uh so how far is that from Ventura County where you grew up at
1: yeah it's ac- actually it's in Ventura County Wy okay, okay. okay. are the 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 largely brown working class uh, of Ventura County because Ventura County is the county right above Los Angeles County, right next next uh, on its northern border is Ventura County, it's also part of the coast, lots of mountains, and it's where a lot of the rich from LA have branches because it's more open space and there's a lot of agriculture in Ventura County and the agriculture workers largely live in Oxnard and uh, Wainimi and Santa Paula a little bit, but mostly Oxnard. And also a flanking or on each side of Wainimi, Oxnard are two military bases.
0: Right on. So you graduate high school. Um, what was in your mind your next plan in life? So you graduate high school, what was the game plan next? <clears throat>
1: Well, I knew I was going to go to college, but I just didn't really know what else that meant other than you need to get a degree so that you can get a job. So Mm -hmm. it was more about going to college, not really to learn about the world like, you know, I kind of romanticized it as, but it was really about what kind of job I was going to get so... I went to Cal State Northridge in Los Angeles, in the valley, San Fernando Valley, and I majored in business administration. Right on. with an, an emphasis on information systems, which is what the, the mainstreaming of the internet was being called in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so I majored in that, and yeah, I can get a job in the tech industry pretty easily. So I was not incorrect, but Really, I didn't really start to learn big things about the world until I started to uh, question question the space around me. My last semester in college, I took an elective. I had to take an elective to make sure I had all the same, all the full load that I needed. And I took urban geography because I wanted to know why Los Angeles had all these freeways why Compton is black and brown, now black and brown, why Santa Monica is white and liberal, you know, what the history of Los Angeles as a city was. And it was really nice because I learned a lot. I learned about redlining, which is when banks did not allow or didn't want to give loans to folks that lived in areas on maps that they had drawn red lines on which were largely black and working poor people, working class people, native people. LA has the largest concentration of Native Americans in the United States in any city. And so it has a lot of really interesting history and that was the first time I was ever given permission to and shown that we can question everything if we learn history, that things aren't, the world isn't the way it is just because it's it's supposed to be this way. It was made this way through struggle, a lot of it sadly through violence, if we really learn deep history about, you know, how these lands have a lot of pain, They've, the peoples have been killed, almost exterminated some totally exterminated others still trying to survive and so there's a lot of pain when we dig into history and so that that class that urban geography class where we put into context why things are the way they are really sparked my mind to just question the context of everything as much as i can
0: no doubt And from there, how did it lead you to um, to start working or to start, like, being an expert on the borders for Palestinian and Israelites? You know, like, how did that... How did your journey lead you to that?
1: I was really... I I got interested more and more in geography. So after my bachelor's, I decided to stick around and do a master's in geography. Mm. And so there, I was reading in my seminars all of these books like and and some of them were talking about marxism and i had learned <laughs> in, you know, growing up in the united states in the 80s during the cold war that anything with marx anything with communism anything with socialism is pretty much evil that's what i was taught in media and in schools you know just but I didn't know what any of that was and here we were in the classroom in a graduate program reading this book called Empire by Hart and Negri that talks about global capital now as the sovereign rather than nation states and it's very interesting and I didn't understand most of it but the little parts that I did understand sparked my mind in a lot of ways that just, you know, you open up a Pandora's box after having gone to school and been a good student and listened to what the authority said, now I was being encouraged to question everything. And so, I really enjoyed geography. Uh, I decided to continue on to do a PhD in geography, trying to understand the history of the Mexico- Guatemala border, because It was starting back then, and this was the mid-2000s, it was starting back then to look a lot like, or want to look a lot like the U.S.-Mexico border. And with, you know, U.S. technology being given down south to prevent Central American migration, so migration from Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, largely. And I, I was interested in studying borders because I knew that they were imposed, like they never made sense to me to, with the landscape. And it made me then look at other borders, other border um, border conflicts. I mean, I don't even use that word border wars, let's say, imposed borders. And I learned about Gaza in Palestine, the border between Egypt and Gaza which has the the only open crossing into the Gaza Strip and I didn't really know that much about Palestine. I was doing a self-study, I was very skeptical uh, as much as I could be because I had actually learned already about Israel when I was a little girl. Um, At Oxnard Community College my cousin was in a play A Diary of Anna Frank and I was nine years old and she took me I didn't know what the play was gonna be about. I just wanted to see her on stage. And I was traumatized. A nine-year-old wondering who ends a play like this? Someone needs to rewrite the ending and not being able to get any answers from the adults other than confirmation that that did happen. And I'm, I'm speaking about the Nazi Holocaust and the concentration camps because Anna Frank was 13 years old until 15 was a Jewish girl hiding with her family in uh, away from the Nazis who were rounding people up in Germany. It was very scary. It happened little by little, like one day Jews couldn't go to the schools with non-Jews. Another day Jews could no longer ride bicycles or use public transportation. And then it got to the point where they were just rounding people up so it intensified. And it was, it's a very heart-wrenching kind of story it's confusing because you wonder or i wonder i think a lot of us wonder how this can even happen how could something like this even take place how can people allow it you know and so anna frank who was 13 to 15 while she was hiding in a in an uh, additional house that was hidden above her her dad's business as she kept a diary and um very sadly her family was all you know they were all rounded up and the only one who survived was her father who found her diary after you know they were discovered in in hiding after two years her diary was still there and and so they created a play out of it and it brought a lot of awareness it's very important it brings a lot of awareness to these horrors, so that we don't repeat them again, and that's been the—that's been the, I guess, the, the slogan or the the principle, let's say, although it feels like a slogan in the way that it's weaponized sometimes. But the but the principle of never again—that so, the state of Israel has has said that it is in charge of making sure happens never again.
0: So Linda I got a few questions for you right <clears throat> um, I, I want to understand it for myself too And maybe for those who are listening Tuning in I just want to have a quick rundown Real quick So in biblical times The land where Jesus was born Is called Jerusalem right
1: um, It was called Palestine By the Roman Empire And he was born uh, in Bethlehem Which is about five miles south of Jerusalem
0: okay so the biblical Jerusalem is now called Israel or Palestine
1: ah this is a great question because I really want
0: to take it to the root of Mm -hmm. the Bible so yeah the where the land where Jesus was born he was born in Bethlehem in the city of city of Bethlehem Mm -hmm. but the country of Jerusalem right
1: he was sacrificed in jerusalem he was buried in jerusalem there's a Wait. church there so he's born in bethlehem and then buried in jerusalem and jerusalem oh. and bethlehem are very close to each other
0: but is bethlehem a city or a country
1: it's a city These in, a, in the cities.
0: in the country of what though
1: in the country of palestine this is where it's confusing because oh well, yeah in the country of Palestine it's confusing because it's not a nation state like how the United States yeah. says, you know so that's yeah, yeah. why like when I say Shumash lands Shumash lands is not a nation state but I but it's still a country that has another country layered on top of it and all kinds of other worlds layered you know so right. it's, it's important to understand that a country is not the same as a nation state a nation state is a brand new invention in recent in human history it's about 200 years old and and that was a way to get folks to agree to some kind of democratic government is that they are nation and so they have to you know speak similar language have a shared, and feel themselves to be part of a community even if they don't ever meet each other so and that's the nation state
0: so linda so in the biblical times where Jesus was born is it's it's really it's really modern day Israel. Now, the the same country where Jesus was born, right? It's now modern day Israel, right?
1: It's both Palestine and Israel. Okay. It's both.
0: So, so it's but, both. Uh,
1: okay. Only very recently Israel. So, it's Jesus is a, understood as Palestinian. Jesus was Jewish and you know what comes after is um a split out of Judaism that ends up being called Christianity, and it all happened in Palestine. The state of is, the state of Israel is a new invention in 1948, but the the people of Israel is not a new invention. That's biblical narrative. That's mm. that's the community. So, mm. so the idea of the nation state, which has borders. It has, um, it understands that its territory is homogenous or another way to say, has a lot of similar, or like the, the same. There isn't a lot of difference in this idea of the nation state. That's kind of the point is you get homogeny, you get a homogenous group of people called the nation that share some certain things like language, history, etc. And then they consent to be governed through a state. And so
0: a can state. they...
1: Okay. Just to finish to wrap this because this one this part's key about what a state is. A state is the monopoly of violence, is the only one that's allowed to exercise violence in a legitimate way, according to itself.
0: Right. So Linda, if someone was gonna ask, right, and I want to learn for myself too. If someone asks what's the difference between Jews and Palestinians, what what's the answer to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a tragic answer. There were Jews in Palestine for centuries, centuries, Ju- uh, Jewish Palestinians, who their religion is Judaism, that's their spirituality, their cosmovision, and spoke Arabic. Right. And what happened is with the construction of the state of Israel with um, and, and the cutting up of the lands, you know, creation of Jordan, the creation of Lebanon, Syria, Saudi Arabia, these are all brand new inventions, the, the, those states. they The people have been there a long time, but the idea of Lebanon as a nation state, Syria as a nation state, this is all new. So the tragedy of this moment, and it happens with World War a a hundred years ago, when the ottoman empire fell the europeans divided those territories amongst themselves and that's why that's what those borders are it's agreements between europeans over whether over where the territory uh, the, the limits of each one's territory is mm-hmm. with the with the creation of israel jews in palestine were made to assimilate no longer speaking arabic no, uh, no longer understanding, so they may, need to speak Hebrew now, uh, no longer under, understanding themselves even as Arab because the state of Israel also created a distinction between Jew and Arab, which doesn't make sense. Jew is a religion and Arab is an ethnicity. But this, these false ex, uh, divisions exist, and so Jews from other parts of the Middle East, so for from Iraq, for example, or other Arab countries like Morocco, Migrated to Israel and became Israelis, and could, were not were highly discouraged from speaking Arabic. They spoke now Hebrew. They're treat they've been treated as second class citizens because Israel was created for European Jews, largely blonde and blue eyed, white phenotypically, as we know them. But Arab Jews from all the way from North Africa to Iraq, to Iran. There's, uh, well, to Iraq, because Iran is not Arab, it's Persian, but there's Jews in Iran also. And what the state of Israel has done is want to make all the Jews live in Israel. And so then it destroys these communities that have existed in Iraq, for example, for centuries, for centuries, and then makes people forget that history in order to become a you know an Israeli
0: so Linda can I ask you something um so back to Jesus right so you would say because some people say Jesus is a Jew but what you're saying is no technically he's Palestinian
1: he's both he's He's both both. you can be Jewish and Palestinian at the same Mm -hmm. time the state of Israel is the one that makes it Uh, seem as if they're contradictory
0: Mm. so Linda um, there's a lot of bloodshed there's a lot of lives lost every day Um, what do we do as good uh, what do we do as American citizens right now what can we do that's in our control Mm
1: -hmm. what can we do well what's in what's in our control is probably the most difficult thing to do because it takes a lot of courage. And that is to look internally into ourselves of how how it is that we allow anything like this to happen because we'll get the answer as to how anyone allowed it for it to happen to our our ancestors. And that's something that I learned a lot going to Palestine. And I wanna bring up George Jackson who was a Black Panther, imprisoned and assassinated in San Quentin in 1971, in August. He had a prison charge of $70 and got a prison sentence of one year to life. That was in 1960, and he became conscious in prison because other prisoners were conscious themselves. They were reading, they were educating each other. And they ended up putting him in solitary confinement for seven years because he was so effective at having difficult conversations with people about really how messed up this all is and how are, we gonna, how are we gonna tunnel our way out of here. And he wrote two books, all of them through prison letters. One of them is Soledad Brother, and that one was edited in order to keep him alive. But his second book, Blood in My Eye, that one, he was killed six days after he turned in the manuscript. Blood in My Eye challenged me a lot. And it's a book I bring up because I was reading it on the eve of my moving to Palestine. It was August 2010. I moved there in September 2010. In August 2010, I was reading blood in my eye and stopped when I saw George Jackson write that America is the most advanced fascist society. And I had a problem with that because I was about to go to Palestine and have to be have to face the Israeli military to even get there because they control everything, everything about Palestinian life, the Israeli military controls. There's no state of Palestine. There is a country called Palestine and people called Palestinians, but there's never been a state of Palestine And so this is not a, a, a war state between state. Just want to make that clear. There's no Palestine army The Israeli army controls everything about Palestine's borders and its, its ins and outs and also how people can even connect village to village so I was arguing with George Jackson who wrote that in 1971 and it was 2010 that maybe he just hadn't met Israel because Israel seems more advanced in its fascism than the United States. But when I went to Palestine and I lived there, I lived in Bethlehem the place where the Church of the Nativity is, where Jesus was born. There's a little cave underneath that has a star and people do their pilgrimage and, and touch the star and pray. And uh, it's, it actually is a place where during the second Intifada in, in 2000, uh, there were Palestinians that were trying to take shelter and uh, Israel was just shooting at the place so you could still see the bullets. This is the Church of the Nativity where Jesus was born so I was living in Bethlehem near the Church of the Nativity it's a very tourist heavy economy as you can imagine when the tourists are allowed Israel controls the ins and outs if there are tourists there or not and I was I was also spending a lot of time in a refugee camp down the street about just one mile away and they are the ones that have a military base right up against them. It's a cement wall with sniper towers and it does not allow them to go into Jerusalem anymore or to their olive orchards. They cut them off from their olive orchards. And so there's a lot of resistance in the camps. There's still a consciousness that oppression exists. But in the old city in Bethlehem where the tourist economy Um, you know it it circulated money people were also being given these um, new incentives to get a car by getting a car loan or getting a house by taking out a mortgage this is all new this was all new in Palestine in 2010 car loans and mortgages like and so people were worried about how they were gonna pay back their debt and so they were worried about the, the climate of the war outside to make sure that the tourists could still keep flowing because they need money to pay off their their mortgage or their debt for their car, their auto loan. And so then folks who were in that circulation of money and debt did not always appreciate and in fact would get really upset, sadly, whenever the refugees would throw a rock at the sniper tower or something like that, that would then sometimes Israel would respond by by really with really harsh measures, like shutting down the entrance t- and the exits for the tourist economy, and so then it would make Palestinians in the West Bank themselves uh, di- uh, it would divide them, you know, interpolate, pe- getting people now tied into capitalism where they take out loans now they need capitalism to be stable and that's what the refugees and Palestinians as a whole for 75 years have been making unstable and so I started to understand what George Jackson had been saying and what fascism was in its advanced form because he said if there's one word to describe advanced fascism it would be reform And to be a little bit more precise, it would be economic reform. That's what the Palestinians in the West Bank have been experiencing for 30 years. Economic reforms that are made to blunt your consciousness as, you know, oppressed because now there's all of these distractions and seductions. As we know, here in the United States and those of us who are around Los Angeles or in L.A., we i mean this is the capital of many of those distractions and so the social fabric in the west bank was unraveling when i was there i have heard it 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 became worse over the years and that now there's so many cars in bethlehem that there's traffic now and there used to never be traffic there was hardly any cars and there are a lot of distractions and splits among society where some people who are you know surviving through a tourist economy for example you know would say and this is all of course before october 7th because that's changed so much but they would say that they would be okay with with the continued occupation if things just remained this way. But at the same time, what's happening with the refugees in the camps and with the farmers in the villages is that they're being attacked and run out and ethnically cleansed, imprisoned, killed, violated, harassed, assaulted, everything. So, you know, and and so this is what I mean about, uh, I lost a fight to George Jackson in Palestine about this and it wasn't when I saw Palestinians become involved in it. It was when I went one day to Jerusalem for an Arabic class and East Jerusalem is Arab, Palestinian and West Jerusalem is more Israeli, white, European. And I went to, I was walking back home and I went to the West Jerusalem side and to sit down at a cafe and have a hot beverage and there was this mall, an open air mall. It reminds me of the Santa Monica 3rd street promenade, very very fancy, people with their shopping bags, you know just strolling, not a care in the world. And I saw Israelis that way even though there's war and death and destruction all around them that they could just go shopping like that as if nothing. And I saw more than them, I saw USA. I saw us. I saw all of the distractions that we have here that we don't even talk about our prisoners, our political prisoners. In Palestine, they celebrate their political prisoners, but here we've been taught to vilify them.
0: So Linda, I gotta I gotta ask the question, right? So at this present moment, what can Americans do that's in our control? Where can we where can we donate funds? What can we do from our end? What can we do to help from from our standpoint?
1: Like a specific action item at this immediate moment, coming from the ground, is to call for a ceasefire. To call your representatives. That I mean, this is very, uh, very short band aid things, but a ceasefire is really important because the ground has said they can't even breathe. There's no food. People are starving to death. This is this is a genocide, and the genocide. The the immediate war right now, Gaza needs to stop. And there's actually talk of an escalation from Israel of a ground war, which is meant to completely, completely finish off every Palestinian there. It's not possible from the air, but they're effective against people if they go on the ground. So if Israel escalates that, the, the horrors are going to increase in ways that I don't think anyone will be able to bear. And we shouldn't have to, and nobody should have to. So an effective, concrete way that we're being told, if you're in the United States, is to call your congress your your congressperson, your US congressperson, your representative and your senator, and let them know you're a voter because that's really the only thing that they seem to care about and i was an intern in congress which is how i know when they had us answer the phone whenever there was some kind of crisis we would have to make sure that the person was a constituent which is a way to say a voter and you don't even listen to their entire sob story you just tick off that they called you and that this is their position and if they want you to support a resolution, then you put the resolution. So that's what the the, the the call is right now. Call your senator, your congress member, tell them you're a voter, tell them that you want a ceasefire and that you want your representative to support the ceasefire resolution that's already in place, circulating.
0: As far as... As far as money, how can how can Americans donate funds? Is there a way to donate food right now at the moment, or is it a, is that impossible
1: right now? For Gaza, it really is so horrifying. For the West Bank, there is the West Bank also needs a lot of support and money and support. I believe can still circulate and there are at least people can get it. But in terms of Gaza people people hardly have electricity. There are all of these aid trucks lined up in Egypt, just waiting to get in, and the and the border crossing keeps being bombed. Last time wow. I checked, it was bombed by Israel five times, and on a couple of days ago on Friday, October 20th, a global general strike. A lot of Egyptian folks went. Rush, try to rush the border and they got up to the fence and they were trying to get in because they're so desperate to save their kin in the Gaza Strip. Uh, but in terms of anything coming in and out, Israel controls everything. Gaza is a place where Palestinians who were terrorized in the war that created the State of Israel, they were terrorized by Israel's massacres and the news went around that people were being massacred in villages. People ran, they ran, and folks who are in the Gaza Strip, a lot of them are refugees. 70 to 80% are refugees from those villages that are now Tel Aviv or Israeli cities and towns or were destroyed by Israel. But people ran during the war thinking that they were going to be able to go back after the war. But the thing is, is that Israel did not let them go back because Israel did not want them because they were mostly Muslim. And Israel wants a Jewish supremacist state, a state of Jews, and it wants to be a democracy. So if it allows non-Jew citizenship or allows equality, then it ceases, it stops being a Jewish state. So we need to understand the Gaza Strip is full of refugees from what is now called the State of Israel. And they ran there for cover in 1948 when Israel was created. And then they were penned in, not allowed to go back. There's nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to drink some of this. you all right (coughs) yeah (coughs) just to say that you know israel after october 7 almost immediately the state of israel cut the water and the fuel and the food to Gaza. that they even have the power to do that should already tell us who the oppressor is who has the power Who are the prisoners?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm listening. Uh, Linda, so... I do have the youth who tunes in. The youth definitely tunes into my show. And uh, For all the youth who are tuning in... that, That are innocent to the things that are going on... In the outside world of the United States of America... How can you explain this war to the youth if someone asks what's going on why are they doing that to them what how can you break this down to the youth
1: yeah that's so important thank you for that we have to we have to we have to start there i think
0: so how would you talk to the youth if if they ask hey so why are they doing this to each other how can you explain that to
1: them in the simplest way that i think is 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 accurate there are there are different ways of understanding uh, of relating to people who are different than you you can say oh you're different than me and you have all these beautiful gifts that are different than mine or you can be in competition with them and see who's gonna be better who's gonna be superior and who's gonna be inferior so there's a the logic and practice of above and below which is that fight if you're where like a master-slave. A master once is only a master with a slave by crushing someone, by being powerful over somebody. That's the master. And if the slave runs away, there's no more master because the foundation has been pulled out from underneath the master. The slave is the foundation of the master. Mm. If the slave were to run away, we could all end this war if the master decides to just not be a master. Let's just relate to each other side by side. Not the same, but equal because we're different, respecting each other's differences. And that's a very Native American philosophy or, or worldview or is- is, is that And it's not just Native American, also African, also Asian. The idea that differences can be complementary instead of competitive.
0: So if the youth ask, so if the youth ask, oh, so basically, let's say like, let's say I'm speaking from a fifth grader, fourth grader, even third grader. So if a third grader asks, so basically, there's a people that's being treated like slaves, and there's people acting like masters, right, teacher? And then if they say, if they say, what can we do, teacher, as Americans, yes. to stop this? What can yes. we do? As- so teacher, so let's say, let's say, let's say, teacher should us should American U.S. Army should we go help them out and get involved or should, should we leave this alone because it's not our problem how do we break this down to the youth it, so I want you to, and I want you to speak to me right now as if you are breaking it down to the youth like because I know they're listening you know like because for me I'm gonna tell you something too like um as a Filipino man who grew up in, who was born in the Philippines, very Catholic, rigid country, and I grew up in Oxnard since I was 10 years old, being a Filipino, raised by Filipino Catholic mom, growing up alongside Hispanics, uh, just like, you know, just like us, we grew up in, in the Ox, 805 County, like, sometimes our worldview can be very rigid, you know, but if we're bringing, but if we're breaking it down to the youth, what comes down to the youth is, what's, who's wrong? and who's right you know yeah. so so if they ask you should americans get involved do we get involved does the army get involved you know
1: well let's let's yeah i'd like to address the first part and see if, yes. if the second part yes. makes even any sense so yeah Amen. there is a situation where there's a master over a slave the tragedy that we have to recognize and, and i don't think that we i don't think it's wise uh, to forget is that the master the current master used to be a slave that's a tragedy we need to talk about that well how is it that that is even possible so in the state and with israel palestine the tragedy for me has always been that this these were victims of a genocide now doing it to others and the only thing that for me could could make sense of that is that we're all stuck in a logic that asks us to go above others in order to make our lives, but then we crush others. It's kind of like when, you know, even in school, we're being graded how smart we are, they say, A, B, C, D, F, that's ranking over who's better and who's who's lesser. And that's that's that same logic that's really destructive. If we don't understand that one, in school, we all learn different but school makes it so that we all need to learn the same way and so those of us who don't learn that way well we're not going to be called smart we're gonna sadly hopefully not but sadly it happens too much we're gonna have bad self-esteem low self-esteem and we're not gonna be able to easily develop the gifts that we're all born with that are all different so that way that we treat each other where we are ranked according to what we're supposed to be, what standard, and the standard is an A student, for example, Mm -hmm. that already creates inequality to even have a standard. There in in native philosophies, and this is the Zapatistas in the Maya rebel army in Chiapas in Mexico, the women there say, we are equal because we are different. Why? Mm there's no standard as to what it means to be equal you begin with the premise of we're equal
0: yep i love it i love it um so now let's speak to the adults as if we're speaking to the adults now like should americans get involved in this war i always think that when americans do get involved it becomes a war for real and i know we're sitting back i see i see joe biden on on the beach right now he's i saw him posting pictures on the beach you know the president's chilling and i wonder like what can we do as american people and do this what's what's your thoughts what's your opinion as an american should our army get involved
1: well the answer is that the united states is already involved right it has it. It supplies Israel. There's a clip going around um, that resurfaced of uh, Joe Biden in uh, decades ago saying that the state of Israel is the best three billion dollar investment for the United States. And if we didn't have an Israel, a state of Israel, we'd have to invent a state of Israel. So Israel is understood as a lot of things. And one of them is as a military base extension for the U.S. Empire for and not just the U.S. Empire. It was also for the British before the U.S., the founding fathers of the state of Israel sold the idea to the British Empire by telling the British, listen, it's true. Jews should not live in Europe. The problem with us is that we're scattered everywhere, all over the world, in small communities. So what we need to do is create a land where we're a majority, a nation state, and the founding father didn't care if it was going to be in Uganda, in Africa, or in Argentina. It ended up being in Palestine, which was sold then as a quote, unquote. This is what he said: Theodore Herzl, the father, founding father of, of Zionism. We will be a drop of civilization in a sea of barbarism. So, it was a mo. It was very helpful for the empire to support Israel. And in fact, Napoleon before like this has been an idea of Christians for a long time. That just this is. Zionism, the idea that the state of Israel should exist on top of Palestine, that has far more support by Christians than by Jews. The the large number of Zionists are Christians rather than Jews, and a lot of it comes from their reading of biblical scripture, that in order for the Messiah to return, Jews need to return to Jerusalem which is a city that, holds the city that is very important to all three monotheistic faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. For the Christian Zionists, they understand scripture as apocalyptic, that Jews need to return to Jerusalem and build the third temple so that the Messiah can come, so that Jesus can come back. And then everyone will be judged. You need to convert to save your soul before all of that and then the jews will everyone will die except for the christian it's a very anti-jewish line but the state of israel doesn't believe it and so they they play together well the christian zionists and the jewish zionists play together well even though you know they don't believe each other's religion they don't they're each battling their own religion but come together against the muslims the muslims with palestine jerusalem had been part of the roman empire up until uh islam spread in the 600s and then it was no longer christian it became well it was christian it remained christian and remained jewish but was now stewarded by muslims i don't want to say that it became muslim no it was stewarded by muslims so muslims always allowed for the coexistence of Jews and Christians. It's just that they had to pay taxes. And so then people, I mean, there's other reasons for converting obviously, but like a practical one to convert to Islam is that you don't have to pay taxes. And so Jewish communities and Christian communities were important too, because they were also a source of taxes and stuff. And they got to continue living their faiths and not having one way imposed. But so the Muslims had Jerusalem, have been stewarding Jerusalem for a long time, but the Christians in Europe with the crusades in around the year 1000, and again, there are several crusades, they've been wanting to get it back. And when Columbus sailed west actually in 1492, in his diaries it w- and his conversation with the queen who funded it, they were both they both understood scripture this way, that, you know, it's apocalyptic, end of the world. He wanted to sail west in order to take Jerusalem next. So I, I mentioned all of this to say that the state of Israel is a project of Europe. It's a project of Europe that allows for this biblical prophecy to come true to those who believe it, and there are many and it is also very practically it serves as a a military base for empire to be able to be there where there's petroleum and in the maps of how palestine got her borders and everyone else you can see that there's been a plan for a pipeline from the gulf to the mediterranean going right through palestine for a hundred years and the palestinians in not allowing Israel to exist at their expense and have been resisting their own annihilation, they've prevented that pipeline. So should the United States get involved, the United States should stop being involved.
0: Mm. I love this. I love this answer, man. Thank you. Um, Linda, Like this has been one of the most intense episodes I've had in a while. And the heaviness and the seriousness of the topic From the hip hop artist you know me being a hip hop artist, um, I do want to educate my fellow hip hop heads that are that are tuning in. Um, I'm gonna when we're done with this episode, I'm gonna keep building with you so we can keep like figuring out how can the hip hop community be involved. So I'm thinking that is as our responsibility as responsible songwriters, we definitely gotta rap about this we definitely got to spread the message of what's right and um if there's any websites or resources and, and any links or any any youtube links you can share to me so we can further educate the people let me know i'll definitely add that in the page description for when this episode comes out so uh, let, let's keep in touch you know because like you know as a hip-hop artists uh, it's so easy for us to turn our back on what's important right now and the way I see it I've been feeling sick to my stomach lately Linda because like us Americans we have it so fucking good man I'm thinking about this shit everyday when I see all the f- graphic footage of all the kids dying on top of each other l- little babies bleeding just graphic shit that people post on the internet on the news um I, I feel like we are so fortunate to be living in this land and we we got we're, we, we got we're fucking ungrateful you know what I'm saying like
1: well, yeah well, you know well, it has come at a cost though yeah that's, and I think that's back to George Jackson just real yeah. quick the how advanced the fascism is in the United States like we have relative peace here because there's war. For this peace to exist, there's war outside and other places. For this war to exist, so a lot of the things that we that we buy, when we go shopping, for example, a lot of that comes from extracting resources from other parts of the world. One of the most heartbreaking is cobalt in the Congo, for for batteries for our phones and for electric vehicles. It's it's really devastating that the ways that. You know, we have, we make our lives at the expense of other lives. It continues this logic. And the thing is, is that it continues so easily because it's so far removed from our consciousness. Yeah. There's a whole commodity chain, right? That, like, in order for us to get our phones, like, it, it went through a bunch of different processes and traveled the world. We don't see directly what that damage is. Yeah. And so, the best thing that we can do is to educate ourselves to be curious even though it can be hard but if you're a truth seeker you may not you know be able to stop and it's it's actually quite liberating for me is how i find it that being able to ask any question to critique anything like what are the assumptions of everything question that questioning those things that go unsaid that's being a critical thinker and those are that's a skill that I didn't learn in any of the schooling that I did until I went to graduate school and it upsets me because we're all critical thinkers as little kids and we keep asking why and the adults keep telling us because, but then they don't say why.
0: Linda, before I let you go, I got to ask you this. Um, When you did step foot in Bethlehem, knowing that, you know, this is where Jesus was born, in your in your spirit and in your heart, what can you feel? Do yeah. you feel anything? What do you feel when you're there?
1: What a question! No one's asked me this before. Thank you for for the question. I am not. I am not of any religion. Okay. But I, I felt something. I yes. felt this is a this is a force. This yeah. is a force, and there's energy there, and and it's undeniable. And all over Palestine. I mean, it's really difficult to describe unless you have felt that before. I imagine. I imagine that you felt some feelings like that before. That's why the question.
0: Um, I've just never been to the Middle East, and I would like to visit where Jesus mm-hmm. born someday. And um, I'm just asking because I would imagine. Because look, I know that when you go to that land. It can be spiritual, because Jesus was born there, but I know there must be a lot of dead spirits walking around with all the bloodshed. And I wonder if you can feel ghosts. Can you feel the ghosts? Can you see, you know, is it creepy at night? Is it scary at nighttime? You know, like, I'm just wondering, dog, like, fuck. You go to Jesus' hood, how was that
1: like? That's, I know. Where
0: where Jesus was born.
1: It was born. I always felt really safe in Bethlehem. Wow. Like even at night, I would walk like at two in the morning, single woman to the ATM and I'd feel super safe. That's in Bethlehem, in which is, which is Palestinian, fully Palestinian. Israelis don't live there. There are Christians and Muslims who live there. But again, Jews are encouraged not to be with the Christians or the Muslims. They're encouraged only to be with the other Jews, with Israel. In Jerusalem, I will say, I did feel a lot of intensity and all kinds of directions. There in East Jerusalem, there's the old city, which is like a wall, beautifully walled city with light, light colored stone, and it has a really beautiful holy sanctuary with the golden cup cupola, cupola, Uh the cup, (laughs) the dome. and. And then there's a really important mosque there for Islam, Al-Aqsa Mosque. Very important. It's They say it's the third holiest site and that Muslims used to face Jerusalem to pray before it got changed over to Mecca. And so Jerusalem is very important. And I like very much, thank you, that you're asking questions about spirituality because there is. this is very much about spirituality, whether some call it religion, whether some call it colonialism or, you know, ideology. It is about how we understand and relate to the world. And and our, our questions of truth, our questions of space and time and the way that we respect each other, respect difference, respect the other. These are really big questions. And for me, I've only been able to get to those really advanced readings of the Palestinian liberation struggle through these questions about God or the divine or that force that creates and destroys, you know, I don't know, Cosmovision, whatever it is that we want to call it, philosophy, metaphysics, those I think are the questions that are worth having right now. If there is something that we can all do, is that we understand ourselves as critical thinkers, that we develop ourselves as critical thinkers, allow ourselves to question everything out loud to each other to get to some kind of consistent ethics of how we're going to treat each other and how we're going to share the world instead of repeating that master-slave above versus below and instead we need how we're going to create the side-by-side together a world where many worlds fit.
0: I just want to let you know that um, I grew up in Kingsley. Um, I've known him since freshman year of high school, and I met him through the hip-hop scene. One of the best rappers I've ever met uh, growing up in Oxnard. And, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm proud to know that you're from Oxnard. Because when I asked him, you know how sometimes before you interview a person, I just ask, I called Kingsley, and I I called him and I said, hey, Kingsley, like, just tell me more. Tell me a little bit more about her. I just I just want to know a little bit more before I get on the phone with her. So he was kinda of just giving me your brief rundown and I'm just proud that you've you've lived in the Middle East and you've experienced some things that some of us haven't. And like um and this has this will only be part one of her interview because we gotta do this again. Yes. Um, but let me call you as soon as we get off, I'm gonna call you back right now so I can just explain um some of the logistics. Uh, but let me. I'm so glad you did the show. Is there any other? So, by the way, before we get off, um, is there any websites or anything on YouTube or anything that you can send me that I will promote to the people right now for the links? Like, is there anything they need to check out? Any edu for just to get more educated on the on the issue?
1: Yeah, I have a website. It's okay. Cool. Free.org. QUIQUI.org and a lot of my more scholarly writings and popular writings and some art is up there and I'm going to be updating it more frequently because I'm gonna be doing more popular education on social media because I see that's where a lot of folks are and I see that there isn't a lot of this you know uh, holding space for these really difficult conversations excuse me in a way that feels like it's like it could be safe to ask whatever and 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 that uh, we are really also talking about Jewish liberation too and all of our liberation, and not just one or the other. We're really trying to think of something different. So look for that. I have a YouTube channel called The Below also where I put up clips and I put up lots of lectures. I actually did a lecture at the University of the Philippines in Dilman. Nice! Yeah, about Palestine. It's called Mapping Palestine. That's up on my channel. We gave a, wow. a, a community conversation about Palestine at the Eastside Cafe in LA, uh, October, um, just about a week ago. And that's up there's a two hour conversation and it shows maps for folks who are into maps. But look for smaller clips of that to, to lure folks in to see that, you know, maybe two hours is too long. But look for that on my website and also on that YouTube channel. And on Instagram, uh, the handle is QQVX
0: QQVX
1: Linda Kikibis
0: Okay cool I'm going to call you right now okay and uh, uh yeah thank you so much for doing this yo all my folks listening and uh, let me just say this all right um I've been praying I I I mean I pray every day but I've really been praying for the world you know I've been I've been really praying for my for my innocent kids out there, that's getting murdered, man. It makes me sick to my stomach, to stomach, what's going on in the world sometimes. Because, you know, part of the stuff that I touch on the podcast is spirituality. And just like I know that people like you doing God's work and and people who are spreading and advocating for the good... Just as there's good energy out there, and just like there's good spirits out there, there's evil spirits out there too, working as hard to, uh, to to fuck up the world and working as hard to really spread some evil out here. And it's getting crazy, man. Like, ah uh, man, I, I can go on and on about this shit because as a hip hop artist, man, we got so much responsibility to be conscious. We got so much responsibility to spread what's to spread to the kids that are tuning in, listening to us as adults, you know? And it's our job to raise these batch of kids that's gonna be running this country someday. These the youth right now, what they're seeing from us is not a good look. We have not been a good example. It's fucked up. The world's fucked up, man. Um but I can go on and on, Linda. That's another rant. But uh Thank you so much. Is there any other announcements or shout-outs you want to give out there before we get
1: Shout out to Kingsley and the Sound Guild farm over there yes. in the rock in the desert doing the thing, growing food. This is a, a beautiful example of, of someone already building that other world.
0: Yes. And um <laughs> thank you Linda. Uh, I'm going to call you right now, okay? All right. All right. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace. Thank you.